Hey, it's Pastor Mike. When you listen to this week's Grace Talk series, I want you to realize this important fact. I'm giving you a spoiler, but I promise you, you're still going to want to listen to everything. You ready for it? Here it is. Jesus didn't pick perfect people. We see this throughout the Bible. Mary was a nobody, Matthew was greedy, James was angry, Martha was stressed, and Peter was prideful, and a whole lot of other things. But Jesus chose them, and then he changed them. And he's doing the same thing for us today. I invite you to check out my new sermon series on how Jesus calls us, even though we are so flawed and far from perfect. That series is called Me on Team Jesus. Just hop over to timeofgrace.org slash TV, or check it out on our app, or listen to it on our Time of Grace podcast. We've been talking about Samson this week. Um, Samson was brash, he was arrogant, he was a womanizer, but hey, he could get away with it, he was strong. That is, until he met Delilah. If there was ever a couple that needed relationship counseling, it was Samson and Delilah, dysfunctional from the word go. So Samson falls in love with Delilah and they get together and immediately Delilah takes a bribe from five Philistine rulers to find out what the secret to Samson's great strength is. Now, granted, the bribe was pretty hefty. It was 150 pounds of silver, about 15 years wages. Delilah could retire comfortably. So Delilah got to work and three times, now she pleaded with Samson to tell her the secret. And three times Samson came up with lines about like fresh bowstrings or being bound with new ropes or the funniest one is that where you put his hair in the loom and then he'll become weak and three times, Delilah fell for it. So three times she sets these traps for uh, for Samson and, and she says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. In other words, gotcha. And three times Samson gets up and he just easily takes care of the situation. He makes a fool of Delilah and, and, and the Philistines. But then, then the waterworks start. And, and the Bible, I love this line in this account, it has a, a line of understatement as, as it describes life in the Samson house. This is what it says. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. One can only imagine the scenes behind that little line. It is no wonder Samson cracked and he told her everything. In fact, that's what the next line says. And he told her everything. So Samson said razor and Delilah saw silver. (laughs) Not only did Samson's hair fall to the ground, but he also fell from grace. The Bible says that the Lord had left him and, and that he didn't have his great strength and that the Philistines came in and they gouged out his eyes and they, they bound, put shackles on his, on his wrists and they dragged him away to their pagan temple where they, they had a praise Dagon, Samson's caught festival service. And they brought Samson out to entertain them. And I know that when I was growing up reading this story, even though I knew how it ended, I always get to this point and I go, why Samson? Why? It's because he thought he was strong. It's because he thought he had everything under control. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. If only Samson were privy to the Apostle Paul's warning, if any of you thinks you're standing firm, be careful, lest you fall. Pride came before the fall. Samson thought he was self-sufficient, but thinking that we're self-sufficient in life will lead to the death of faith. Have you ever acted like you've got everything under control? Acted like you're self-sufficient? I mean, God has gifted us incredibly. It's just that when God gives us gifts, he knows he's taking a risk. He knows that we'll, we, we are tempted to focus on the gift rather than the giver. 
He knows that we're tempted to put our trust in the gift rather than the one who gives the gift. Go to the Garden of Gethsemane and I want you to tell me what you see there. There you see Jesus, the only one who is truly self-sufficient. And what's he doing? He's praying to his Father, asking for help. Jesus, the only self-sufficient one, is pouring out his prayers to his Father on his face. And what is the Father's answer to Jesus' prayer? Well, the Father gives Jesus a cross so that he could give you to Jesus. And isn't that a wonderfully freeing thing? That we are not self-sufficient. Instead, everything we have, everything we need, comes from a God who loves us enough to send his own son for us.